0: This interview was recorded before the passing of our dear friend and comrade Marshall, Eddie Conway, on February 13th, 2023. We didn't want to alter the episode to remove Eddie or mentions of Eddie in any way from the show he helped create. The Real News will have more details soon on plans to celebrate Eddie's incredible life.
1: For now, we will continue his work and strive to make him proud. And we ask our audience to keep Eddie and his family in their prayers.
0: Welcome to this edition of Rattling the Box. I'm Matt Smoozer, co-host with Eddie Conway. And as always, I try to update everyone on Eddie Conway's health and Eddie Conway's status. I ask whatever spiritual medium you are involved with, please uh, put Eddie in that space if it's prayers or whatever you do to invoke your spirituality as Eddie recovers from this arduous situation he finds himself in. Uh, We hope that at some point in time, Eddie Conway will be healthy enough to make a cameo appearance on the program that he created and the network that he loved. Today, we have two remarkable individuals uh, when it comes to struggle, when it comes to sacrifice, and when it comes to activism. When, you know, nowadays we hear the term revolutionary and it becomes a cliche, it's more cliche than anything. But when you say revolutionary, my guests today are the embodiment of being revolutionaries, uh, making the ultimate sacrifice to help be a part of, engage, agitate, for the liberation of all people, people of color, people oppressed, people wherever they are in the world, uh, we have today uh, Paulette. Introduce yourself to the rally in the bars. Always Paulette.
2: Thank you. Um, I'm Paulette Dote. I live in Gainesville, Florida. I'm part of the Jericho Movement. Uh, former uh, co-director, and now I'm on the advisory board and part of the International Leonard Peltier Defense Committee and As always, it's wonderful to be here and to um, take part in a discussion that's very hard to come by. Not very often anymore can you have sit around and have good revolutionary discussions and understanding with uh, your comrades. So it's always nice to be on the show with you. Thank you. Uh-huh. And we have
0: a, a, another one out our a Asante. Asante, introduce yourself to the Rally in the Bars audience.
1: Right on. Uh, my name is Ashanti Austin. Uh, former member of the Black Panther Party and the uh, Black Liberation Army, former political prisoner. Uh, at present, I, I live in um, Rhode Island. Uh, I'm on the advisory board of the uh, National Jericho Movement as well. And I'm happy to be here. And my, uh, my greetings go out to... Um, to our comrade out there and, and with speedy recovery.
0: Okay, and and like what we'll be having today, when, when I was locked up, Eddie Conway, when I was in the Maryland Penitentiary, we used to have our political education classes and we used to, get, we used to grab the milk crates that was around. And that's how we would sit, sit in the yard and we had a red book and uh, Eddie would be, uh, be instructing us on political theory and, and revolutionary theory. So basically this is what this conversation is gonna be. We 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 have a political conversation, uh dialogue about uh, El Haj Malik El Shabazz, uh also known as Malcolm X. And we know that Malcolm X anniversary is coming up. Uh and so we what we wanna to do today is we wanna talk about uh Malcolm X, what influence he had on, your, on you, and what do you think, where you think we should be at in terms of uh, the our political direction in terms of the movement. Paulie, I'm gonna start with you. What if any influence had Malcolm X had on you when you got into the struggle and you started developing a a consciousness about uh liberation and liberation of poor and oppressed people?
2: Well, you know, when when I moved to New York um, and I met Safia and Herman Ferguson, uh, Herman was a friend and a comrade of Malcolm X. And Herman's um, and I had many discussions about internationalism. I like to think of myself as an internationalist and to look um, across the world uh, and support people's struggles. And so when I would travel, Herman would say, Now remember what Malcolm said internationalism, comrades abroad, you must build an international movement. And so Um, Part of my responsibilities I felt in Jericho was when I traveled was that I took our political prisoners with us as a way of honoring Herman but also keeping in the back of my mind that the importance of internationalism in building a revolutionary movement and Ashanti and I went to England Uh, for what the Turkish comrades and Ashanti spoke. And so we not only had Jericho, but we had a former political prisoner who talked about the prison struggles and how people became political prisoners. And so I've always felt for myself, um, not only to fight racism as a white person, but to talk to comrades abroad about the political struggles here and the struggles of our political prisoners, so uh, I always have Malcolm in the sort of uh, a little part of my brain when I travel, so mm-hmm. he's with me all the time.
0: And we're gonna we're gonna pick up on later on about the the international perspective because Malcolm had a uh, was ahead of his time in every regard. Him and Dr. King was ahead of their time in regard to the international. But Shante, uh, talk about the influence that Malcolm X
1: had on you. Oh man, it's a uh, great, great influence, and I and I think still has on me because um, sometimes when you listen to him speak now, you you you're amazed at how relevant uh, his words are even now, and helping you to uh, have a a, a cutting edge perspective on um, this empire that we're in, that we're trapped in, and we're trying to free ourselves from you know um so but i started at such a young age i mean i was a young teenager
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh 14 rebellions in the you know the 67 rebellions and and that's what i feel like brought me in but it also started me to reading right and it was when i got to malcolm x autobiography that it was like a, a bible mm-hmm. you know and at the teenage years that's that's like that's like Foundational, it's right, like you're right, starting right. on a new. You're kind of building a new foundation of who you're going to become. And as I read his autobiography, in the midst of all the things going on in the '60s, it was giving me like on the spot analysis from from his charismatic words a lot of times about what this country is really about. Right, you know what this, this white supremacy is really about. Mm-hmm. And, and here's this age that I want to know more because it's not only being angry, but I want to know why. Why are we even here on Turtle Island, you yeah. know, that has become the United States empire, right. you know, and I wanted something that said, you know, like black people, we got to stay awake, you know, we got to stay uh, alert. We Mm -hmm. have to come together. And so here's the Black Power Movement and here's me with Malcolm X Speaks. I would read Malcolm so much that when I went to bed at (laughs) night, a lot of times I found myself making a speech, but it was actually in my (laughs) sleep, the words of Malcolm X, you know? That's
0: right, that's it, that's
1: right. Yeah, so it it was like really profound. And then here comes the Black Panther Party, you know? And it made and it had made sense and and before the Black Panther Party too you had Stokely Carmichael mm-hmm. you had Huey Brown mm-hmm. I mean live and all that stuff um, mm-hmm. but Malcolm's life was this example of someone willing to risk transforming his own life in an effort to be the best uh, in a sense messenger to our people that he right. could be because you figure he's a uh, He's a member of the nation of Islam mm-hmm. and he's in it, you know, totally for life. Right. Uh, yet as he's growing and his awareness is growing, he has to begin to challenge his own beliefs, mm-hmm. you know, cause he feels like there's more. And I think I got to leave this. And I can imagine now with readings, the psychologies and stuff, how, uh, it was it was not only important for him to make a break but what on a psychological level is that to say i'm going to leave everything that the nation has given me to bring me to this point in order to grow mm. more and to be more relevant more to tell my leader you know that no longer am I, do i adhere to this i have to expand i have to grow i have to deepen my knowledge i have to be more uh, available to this movement and, in, and that's why I say even today when I think about his impact on me I'm like wow the ability to face uh, the kind of trepidations in the sense of who you were but knowing that you have to still become and to step out of that box that was Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna do it anyhow. Right. I might be I might be scared, but I'm gonna do it anyhow.
0: And, and you know and, what? And yes. and, and uh, you make a good point because that contradiction right there—the contradiction with uh, the resolution of that contradiction came from his him, his consciousness. Once he started, he brought in his consciousness, his, his information. It allowed him to start. It, you know, it was difficult—a difficult decision to make. And we seen it. We could see the difficulty in his decision because when he created the OAAU, right, he also created the Muslim Mars Incorporated. So he wanted to hold on to uh, uh, a remnant of Islam more so around his, the influence that the nation of Islam had on him, but not so much as, as it would have impact on changing the social conditions of poor and oppressed people. But let's talk about, because uh, Paulette spoke on, on his internationalism, Let's let's talk a little bit about his international perspective. I remember in one of his speeches, and this would let me know he was ahead of his time. He was talking about the battle of Dim Pen Phu when uh when uh the North Vietnam kicked the kicked the French out of uh, North Vietnam, and they and by everybody's own imagination, France was gonna come in there, wipe them up, wipe the floor with them, right? And keep it moving, right? But General Giap, uh, Uncle Ho, they they had another they had another story, but when Malcolm, when Malcolm talked about that, he talked about that in the '60s. Who knew anything about? One, uh, we they, the United States was like just moving into uh, overtly. They was already in Vietnam covertly. Right. They were just starting to move into Vietnam overtly. But didn't nobody, in, you know, wasn't nobody speaking on that level at that time about how the connection between the international and the national, how it was a direct connection between the two with malcolm, at the at that early age, Paul, let's speak on that uh,
2: well, I, I mean, that's almost more than um what i I mean, I understand what you're saying. but, and I think that it wasn't around those particular issues of internationalism that I followed Malcolm. Mm-hmm but so much more of his practice with people that he met and talked to and the respect that he's shown Mm -hmm. other people, other cultures, and they reciprocated. Um, For him as a traveler, um, I always feel when I travel that that I don't want to be an ugly American. I want to be this human being that can relate to people, explain where I'm coming from, what's happening here, and listen to what they have to say so that we can build these dialogues. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember two or three films in which uh, Malcolm is in Africa and other places, and he is so respected and he speaks in such a, humble voice that, um, you can't, you cannot not listen to what he has to say, but it's also a way to teach you how to be a human being, even though you grew up in this society. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Um, and so, uh, and his, his personal experiences, um, with his children and his wife. Those are things that really moved me. I think he was one of the first men that I actually was aware of that was with his children. There were pictures of him and his daughters and the mm-hmm. relationship. And you could just see how much he loved them and how much they loved him. Mm-hmm. And to to see a revolutionary like that, right out there bravo, bravo, but humble and his daughters hugging him and his wife being respectful and him respecting them. Uh, that really has sort of set the example for the type of comrades I want to have and to to men I want to be able to respect. And and I, I just think Malcolm is this um, person who on so many different levels um, can teach you how to be a
0: human being. Yeah, I agree, I agree. And you know what, you, you, and you hit on what I wanted to hit on because that's, what, that's basically the direction I wanted to go in That is, I was talking more about the fact that he had an international perspective during a period where we was constantly being bombarded with uh, Jim Crowism, uh, capitalism, racism, and fascism in this country. Malcolm had the, the, the wherewithal and the knowledge enough to know that it wasn't isolated to the United States. That this was a world, of uh, imperialism. This was imperialism, and that we was just like the United States was continuing in that continuum of being imperialist. But Asante, talk about uh your your perspective on Malcolm and 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 uh, his international perspective, and mainly as it relates to you know because we know coming out of the party, we know that uh, both Huey uh, the uh, the party had uh, international respect. He came out of prison and went to China. Uh, we always had in the paper, we always followed international struggles in the paper. Right. We always made people aware what was going on internationally. Right. We always had, we always bringing people in this space, in this country, and made sure that uh, we uh, so, so provide security for them, place for them to stay. But more importantly, like we made sure that they knew that we recognized that we was all in the same boat. And that right. we weren't, it wasn't no individual. It wasn't no us against them. It was us against capitalism, us against imperialism, us against fascism. Speaking on that. Uh, right. Even from early, your own even, perspective.
2: Even, yes, even earlier
1: when you were talking about the, the, then been through, then been through the struggle of the Vietnamese people, especially North Korea, the Viet Cong against first the French and then when the French realized that they wasn't going to defeat who Malcolm called these rice eaters. That's right, that's what they call called. <laughs> um, then here's the United States, like you said, first secretly there, then openly there. And Malcolm's words again was like, he's talking to audiences of black people and mm-hmm. he's trying to tell us, like, look at the Vietnamese, you know? And when he said rice eaters, he wasn't being disrespectful. He right, was talking right. about people who were not the empire, the most technologically advanced, yeah. uh, powerful monster in the world. But he was saying, look at these people fight back. And they're going to, they're going, they defeated the French and they're going to defeat the United States. Mm-hmm. Now, so here I am, you know, in the Panther Party now, and you're talking about the newspapers and everything. And so you're staying up on... Uh, all these international struggles and it helps you to see that you can defeat this empire within in, in collaboration or in solidarity with all these other struggles going on right. all around the world because Malcolm is like pointing all these things out the, the struggles in Africa the struggles in Asia and Latin America like yes yes and he would point out, that he would bring up concepts that, you know, you may not even have heard of before mm-hmm. at the time, like socialism. This right. is a socialist struggle and this and that. Right. And right. people are turning towards socialism in Africa. And so now, oh, I wanna know more about this. And at the same time, and especially being in the party, you begin to like meet people from these different struggles, especially at a certain time I was working out at the Harlem office. You know, here comes folks from Japan. There was was an Asian woman, Yuri Kochiyama, you know, and Yuri uh, lived in Harlem at the time, would have uh, folks who were struggling in Japan come Mm. to the Harlem office to meet members of the Black Panther Party and see what they're doing. And it was all like uh, the unfolding of Malcolm's prophetic words in so many ways, you know. And, and, and that's, that's just like from uh, uh, not, not just the autobiography, but the, the uh, Malcolm X speaks and different mm-hmm. things and feeling like everything he pointed out, we could do. And we just had to believe in ourselves. And mm-hmm. his words would also sometimes uh, kind of poke at us, you know, because it would be like, how are you going to be fighting for the United States overseas and you won't even stand and fight for your people here, you know? And he's saying this to us, you know, because sometimes you can't just bring it softly. Sometimes you gotta be like, how can you do that and call yourself a dignified person?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can defend imperialism <clears throat> and racist forces right here, including the US government, but you won't stand up for your people in your own community. So again, Panther Party and a lot of other groups. Wanted to manifest that, and Man. I think that's like with me and Jihad because we come out of the same community, uh, mm-hmm. grew up together and, and stuff. Like that's what we want to do, and it was the Black Panther Party that was manifesting that uh, for us. And you know what? And and, I,
0: and that's a nice segue into my next question because I was I was uh, looking at a uh, interview with Huey, and <clears throat> Huey was talking about the simplicity of of the political direction of the party. And when they in the early organizing and how in their early organizing, they, you know, we we recognize, you know, what that with the uh the current of weapons and and things, of nature, what that represented in terms of the 10-point platform program and the fact that police brutality was like prevalent in California. But who you were talking about that uh in one event that they organized around simplistic, being real simple. It was a uh in Oakland, they it was a it was a, a place where there wasn't no traffic light and, and little black kids were getting hit left and right. And so they went down there, and they were like, okay, we're gonna start being the traffic police down here. We're gonna make sure the kids, we're gonna be the crossing guard. So they down there with guns, making help, making sure the kids can get be trans, uh, get back and forth. Safe. So the pigs come down there. They don't want them down there. So the pigs come down and start and start like being the traffic police. Okay, and and it kept on going on till eventually they got tired of it, and they put a traffic light up. Right. And that's what they asked for to begin with. They went before they went down there and did that. They went down to city council and said, "Listen, put a traffic light up down here." And I'm saying that to say this here, Malcolm, and when Malcolm created the old AAU and and the when he gave the a speech on it and what they, and the strategy of it, the strategy that they had outlined was a strategy of engagement, but more importantly, it was a strategy of organizing people around conditions that affect them on a the daily. Right. And I'm saying, I'm, I'm saying that to say this here, uh, Paulette, how Jericho, uh, doing that, what is Jericho doing in that regard? Cause this is where we at. We know that Jericho is doing a lot of stuff around political prison. We know Jericho is doing some remarkable work and we know that the, the leadership of Jericho is, is is still at best. So what a, talk about the impact uh, of Malcolm, but we already know that he important, but sh- the type of programs and, and things that we're doing, the Jericho movement is doing now in terms of raising people's consciousness.
2: Well, like I said, you know, Herman Ferguson was a, um, a comrade and a good friend of Malcolm's. And um, he believed that we needed to organize in our community with our people. Um, we needed to be, if you are a white person, your responsibility is to work within your community and to not necessarily criticize but to be able to put out in a manner that was sort of non-aggressive how a person was acting that was incorrect. You needed to be able to speak to people where they were at and not try and say, oh, listen, I know what's wrong with you. No, he didn't, none of that, That no arrogance, but rather to be with the people and when a discussion came up and it was going in a racist manner, That it was your responsibility to say, excuse me, we need to discuss what's being said because it's not right.
0: That's And
2: why do you think that you should be allowed to make a racist statement? Well, I didn't think it was. Well, let's look at it and to be able to talk to people where they were at. Herman believed that there are people that were Christians and were part of Jericho, and went to church, that that was their responsibility. They should go in and talk to their church people and discuss political prisoners, what you can do. Most churches have a social justice component. Mm-hmm. And so when it was time for people to go to the parole board, to go to that social justice and say, all right, let's sit down and write letters in support of this person and here's why and here's what's going on. And don't you think, as good Christians, we should be doing this? Right. And so to meet the people where they were at, to not be above them, to not try and manipulate, but to actually to engage with them so they, in fact, could see how they could bring about change within themselves. And it, and Herman always used to laugh. You know, it's always easier to go abroad and to talk to people abroad than it is to talk right within your own community. Mm-hmm. Because you know, you, you feel you don't want to overstep. But at the same time, you're so upset with people for not seeing what they're doing that you also don't want to be this person that's only critical and never can um, help somebody along the way. Yeah. Uh, my, that was one of our things was to organize within the church and he'd say, Paulette, I'd say, No, that's not me. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's not your wheelhouse, huh?
2: I, I'm not your church person. I'll go down and and sit around the park and talk to people that come around and when we have a picnic or something, but mm-hmm. please don't ask me to go to church.
0: And you know, and 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 uh <laughs> speaking of speaking of church, I I remember I was I was doing this uh Development uh, paper for someone, and I and I, I went back and I uh, where where Hugh was talking about the uh, black church, we visited, and and he made that observation about how we had alienated ourselves from the church, but more importantly, how the importance of organizing people where they at. And uh, Asante, talk about talk about that because you had you had the experience of being involved with like. Uh, some of our programs survival program free breakfast program and some of the other things that was going on. Talk about how and and all this and by by Huey on the mission and Bobby's on the mission Malcolm they was influenced heavily by Malcolm and it was it, what they thought that they took what they thought Malcolm was going where Malcolm was going and started and moved in that direction and ergo you had the Black Panther party and right. so speak on that if you can.
1: Yeah, um, I I think like uh, agreeing with uh, uh Paulette like that sense of engagement. You got to be where the people are at, you know, um, and you have to overcome any fears you got mm-hmm. about engaging with folks <laughs> yeah. in your community. That's right, you know, and and a lot of times people don't get that, you know, like they they don't even face that. Well, we know you're scared, but you know, at some point you got to. Even if it's baby steps, do them. And, right, and the right. whole thing about engaging and and, and that was a, the strength of the Black Panther Party for me and so many others was that there was what came they called the survival programs. Mm-hmm. You know, and the survival programs is what took you in that community, and it may well have been your own community. Right. Like with us, it was our own community. You know, and you learn to talk with folks. You know, you learn to have them kind of conversations where you're helping folks to to get a certain radical understanding of their situation that doesn't allow them to, like, uh, be naive or Mm. to ignore the very things that is, like, oppressing them, Mm -hmm. you know? And, 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 you know, to even bring Malcolm back into it, like, even when Malcolm was in the Nation of Islam, I mean, one of the strengths of the Nation of Islam, like, they was in and still are, you know, the, in the black community.
0: In the black community, right.
1: You know, and, and actually engaging and doing things and making things available. People may talk about the bean pies and stuff, but they was doing more than even That's that. Right. You're right. And, and Malcolm, uh, I think one of the things with him that, and I kind of got it from the movie, the Malcolm X movie, uh, whatever people's criticisms, is that, that one time the police bamped on one of the members in, in Harlem. I think it was in Harlem. Mm-hmm. and um, beat him up bad and wouldn't take him to the hospital. And people was, like, upset. And when Malcolm and the nation came on the scene, they was in formation. The nation, the, the, the um, Fruit of Islam and everything was in formation, and they marched on that, that station. And it was just Malcolm's uh, uh, being in charge that let the, the chief of police and them know, you're going to take that our brother out of there now and put him in an ambulance and Mm -hmm. take him to the hospital. And for me, it was similar to in the Panther movie where uh, the Panthers were obeying the law. They can carry guns. They know their rights and stuff. Started following the police around in the community. You know, and when when they seen the police getting ready to harass somebody, here they come. Guns and everything. Police see them and it's like, no more of that. Yeah. Right. When the people started coming out of the clubs and stuff, this is nighttime. Just seeing these armed black brothers and sisters in formation. Kind of set something off in them. That gave them not only a sense of pride, but a sense of what they could do to take back their lives against the ferocious police force. And that's that's on that level. But but the, the, the Panthers showed us that there was things that people needed as well. You know, food, clothing, uh, medical clinics, all Mm -hmm. that stuff. You know, no charge. It was like socialism, right? You know, that was communism. (laughs) You know, in practice, you don't need no highfalutin words. But for people to see that for the capitalist, racist system to charge you for any of the necessities of life, that was a crime in itself. Now you've got a, a reason to oppose, you know, what this system is doing for you, to you, but for you to see here's the possibility for you to now come together and within these organizations and through the guidance of these organizations into the kind of liberati- liberating forces we need to actually take control, to exercise a form of black power. In our communities, Malcolm was all in it, and 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 the party's ability to adapt it for that time period yeah, yeah. was what was so fantastic.
0: And I think and, I, and that's a good that's a good uh, observation, Ashanti, because at, at the end of the day, and the, they was that was L, that was in L.A. where that incident happened with the uh, Muslims. With the Muslims, uh, yeah, that's what when, when Malcolm that was in L.A. right. But the observation is is correct when when we say that, you know, our presence and our discipline, which Paulette spoke about, our sense of humanity, because we 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 had an attitude towards the establishment. We understood that the establishment was vicious. We understood about fascism and imperialism and capitalism. But at the same token, it was our love of our people that made us realize that we had to be humble and we had to be respectful to the people. Uh, right. we, or we weren't going we to be able to Organize and will or get them to come into the understanding of their uh, self determination and take control over their own life. But uh, in, in that regard, right as we close, uh, Paulette, give me give me uh, some 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 encouragement uh, for for our viewers on going forward.
2: Well, I think if you look at the fact that Dr. Matulu Shakur has been released from prison,
0: all power to the people. Indiana, well
2: released okay. and we have had five or six of our political prisoners released within the last year mm-hmm. there's hope that by organizing by having um movie showings by writing letters by uh, encouraging people to stand up and understand that what our prisoners fought for um, most of the Jericho prisoners came out of the COINTELPRO era. Mm-hmm. And so to see them now be able to walk out, um, even it was 50 years, it was 50 years of people working, talking, writing letters, you know, coming on radio shows, doing whatever we could in our communities so that people understood the importance. We cannot leave any of our prisoners behind. You know, it is, it is unthinkable that if you call yourself a revolutionary, that you're not doing something for political prisoners, because they've already been on the front lines for us. And so for us to work diligently to bring them home, I think that's uh, one of the highest things we could ask, is somebody to help. And you know, Pam Africa, she has this best saying, if all you can do is lick a stamp, then we have some letters and stamps to send out. <laughs>
0: that's, that's, that's good encouragement. Uh, right. Asante, yeah, uh, yeah. give yeah, give us going forward. Give us some uh, give our viewers and listeners some encouragement as we go forward.
1: I I I think what's important for me um, and 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 many of us like like Paul and others. I mean, we've been doing this a long time. It's a long struggle. We knew that. It's a lot of wear and tear. Um, but we hold fast to them dreams, you know, um, and we, when we see young folks who are willing to uh, embrace them dreams with their own dreams, you know, and actually figure out ways to organize, to fight for them dreams, we know that uh, even those comrades who didn't get out alive, you know, but died inside, you know, it, they know that You know, it wasn't in vain. It's not in vain. That's right. That's right. You know, but we we must like struggle. We must like uh, uh, be willing to uh, keep our spirits up. We must be willing to like understand, as George Jackson would say, like, man, this monster, this monster, gotta go down if we're gonna be free. This is this is Turtle Island, and Mm -hmm. on Turtle Island they built an empire, but Turtle Island is still there. Mm -hmm. And all these people like from the different struggles still want to be free. And we got to figure out those ways to bring us together that we felt like it was happening in the sixties, but it it didn't, but we can now go at it again with more wisdom, more insight, more creativity, but it's got to be no compromise Mm -hmm. on what has to happen to this monster. Our, have, our dreams is like number one. Let's fight for them. There you have it. The real news about right Algemex.
0: Uh got two powerful comrades here. Uh that works before themselves. Uh, I like uh Paulette's uh encouragement as well as Shantae. Paulette's encouragement is that we have brought home our brothers and sisters. We have made a difference. Uh like as Ashanti say, that the monster has to go down and the monster is going down. We continue to encourage everyone to do whatever you it is you can do. Like lick a stamp, we got stamp envelopes. Uh, knock on the door, we got doors for you to knock on. Stand out and hold up a sign, stand out and hold up a sign. But whatever it is, resistance is possible and resistance is necessary. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for... Uh, for, for coming on and uh, enlightening our audience. Uh, when we ask that you continue to support rallying the Bars and the real news, as you can see, it's the real news. Uh, you're not going to hear about Jericho on NBC, ABC, and CBS. No, you're not going to hear about uh, the good work that uh, the brothers and sisters in Jericho is doing. You're not going to hear about uh, Matulu Shakur and what's going on with his health and how he's out or outside of Shakur. Uh you're not gonna hear about these things from nobody but the real news and networks like the real news. Thank you and have a nice day.
1: Thank you so much for watching the Real News Network, where we lift up the voices, stories, and struggles
0: that you care about most. And we need your help to keep doing this work. So please
1: tap your screen now, subscribe, and donate to the Real News Network, Solidarity Forever.